Uh, so there you have it. Okay, if you'd open up to Second uh, Timothy. I'm glad you're here this morning. You know, it doesn't surprise me a lot of seats are empty. It surprised me anyone comes and when, the, you know, so few weeks are really great weather. But I think you've chosen the best part. And I, I pray that God will, will bless. Let's, uh, to that end, let's ask his uh, blessing on our time in the word. Uh, Lord, we would have your word move us in a positive direction. I'm praying that we all settle our call here this morning to be gospel preachers, to be those who are, we, we understand, sufferings in the mix. We don't shrink back, Lord. We're not those fearful ones. We understand that spirit of fear, or at least we'll understand this morning, that doesn't come from you. <coughs> so help us, Lord, to understand, to make changes accordingly, changes that honor you. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. <coughs> back. Ah, the elixir. H2O, can't beat it. Okay, just good stuff. Right here from, from our great state of Maine. Okay, Second Timothy. Listen, it's Paul's last epistle. It's in some ways his swan song. It's one of the pastoral epistles. He writes it to a pastor. Uh, that's to say Timothy. Um, it's, and think about, so your, your days are numbered and you know like you're some wasting disease and you're in hospice and your, your, your days are fading fast. Have you thought this through because you've seen somebody go through it and you've put yourself in that place and said, why, what if this happens to me? Well, it might. My, my hope is that a trumpet blast is going to sound real soon and we'll all be out of here. Absent that, and I don't have a date. I'm not a date setter, okay? I don't have a, yeah, next Tuesday at 9. I, I, I don't know. Today, maybe, hopefully. And if not today, hopefully tomorrow. And if that interrupts your plans, good. <laughs> God's got a better plan than what you have. You have to believe that. Uh, now, having said that, um, if that doesn't happen, we're all going to be on the, we're all going to, take our turn, and what, what will that look like? Well, you want the people around you, the people that you love, the people that, you know, have poured themselves into your life, the ones you've poured into your life into theirs. You want your, the people around you who matter the most. And this is, Tim, uh, this is Paul, and this is Paul's letter to Timothy. Um, he's in prison. It's a prison epistle. It's not like any of the others. This is, this is the worst duty he's had in prison so far. He was two years in Caesarea. That was almost like vacation. He was bound, but it was in a really good place, and he was able to write. Um, he's imprisoned several times, the one where he goes to Rome, and he writes several of, the, of his epistles there at that time, too. This time, and probably, and probably, he appeared before Nero, and probably he was let go, he was acquitted. The documents that accompanied him were probably the Gospel of Luke, and the book of Acts. And he was, at that time, probably, as I say, acquitted. Because we don't know for sure. But this is what I kind of, because I've, I've read enough and I've heard enough, and, it, and at this point, so he appears before Nero, and he gives the Gospel to Nero. Because 
That's what Paul's all about. You have to believe that. There's no way he would have those, that opportunity slip through his fingers. So what happened? Uh, Nero got gloriously saved, as history records, right? Well, <laughs> what kind of history are you talking about? That never happened. But we do know that Nero was mad. I mean insane. He was as mad as a hatter. Why? I think because he turned from the gospel, because his heart was so convicted, and he punked out, and he lost his mind in the process. Will that happen to people? Yeah, I think it happens all the time. I think they're just, there's different levels of crazy. That's what I think. You've seen it. You've seen people just kind of lose their mind over you when you talk about Jesus. All of a sudden, someone who's really mild-mannered and nice guy, he's losing his mind. Why? Because that's how it is. Nobody's really neutral about Jesus. Uh, you wonder why they persecute us. We'll read that. And we'll, we'll get to that even here in the first uh, chapter once I get going. And I'm, and I'm planning on getting going here, okay? But I just want to like, set the background just a little bit. So this is the last, and there's nobody really with him anymore. Uh, everyone's forsaken him. The tide has turned. He's back imprisoned again after a few years of freedom, probably. And here he is appearing before Nero the second time. And this time it's not going to end so good. It's not going to end with an acquittal. History tells us that Paul was beheaded. He wouldn't be crucified as a Roman citizen, but he would lose his head quite literally. And this is that. And it's remarkable to me to, okay, um, uh, this is my date book, right? Finish this epistle, get martyred. And this is what we see. This is, this is the outcome of that. And to me, it's, it, if you Remember the backdrop all through this. It's, it's very helpful. And let's read the first 12 verses, and that's all we'll get today. Four chapters. I'm thinking of five, maybe six lessons, and maybe as many as seven, but I haven't figured it all out yet. So we, we're not going to be a long time in Second Timothy, but we don't want to hurry through, because like I say, there's a lot of things here. Okay, the, the epistle... Of 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 1, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, according to the promise of life, which is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my dearly beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve from my forefathers with pure conscience that without ceasing I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful of thy tears, that I may be filled with joy. When I call to remembrance, remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that is in thee also. Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, and of love, and of a sound mind. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but be thou partakers of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God, who hath saved us and called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began but is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death and hath brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, whereunto I am appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles. For these things cause I also, 
Uh, for the which cause, I'm sorry, for the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Verse 1, now we know how, this is very typical, Paul in, in the letters, he starts off with this is who this is from, and that's very typical. He's called an apostle of Jesus Christ. That's typical too. I don't know how much we want to visit there. A sent out one. Um, that's what the word means. Are there apostles today? Not like there were apostles then. Are there sent out ones? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, and feel free to put your, you know, you can put apostle on your business card. It's kind of weird, but... Are you sent out by Jesus Christ? Well, there's no question of that. But Paul's, his apostleship is different. He gets to write scripture. He saw the resurrected Jesus Christ. He's an apostle because he decided, I just like the title, I think I'll do that. No, no, nobody's called to be an apostle that way. He's called to be an apostle by the will of God according to the promise of life, which is in Christ Jesus. God called him to his apostleship. Jesus Christ called him to his apostleship. Jesus Christ came and he had that, remember he was blind in Damascus and he sent Ananias with the message, you're going to preach the gospel to kings. You're going to, I've got a plan for you, a special plan. That was right from the inception, right from his salvation. And as we'll see today, much before that, it was even before the world began, as yours is. Your life, what God has called you to do, he put in motion before there was you. Um, well, how did he know about that? Well, he's God, y'all. He knows everything. But he looked down the annals of time. He called you to salvation, and he figured out, okay, this is what's going to work best in their situation. This is the ministry I've called for them. This is what good works I before ordained that they should walk in them. Uh, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. You, you know, where his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works that he hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Those good works, those specific good works, what are they? Well, that's for you to find out. It's called the Christian life. It's the walk of faith. It's an adventure. It's high adventure and it's fun. <laughs> uh, oh, I'm not saying it's easy. All that would live God in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution, but it's fun. You say persecution's fun? No, Christian life is adventurous, and I like that. I like that about the way God set it up. Anyway, I'm not getting very far, am I? Paul's an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, according to the promise of Jesus Christ, and according to the promise of life, which is in Christ Jesus. Is there any other way to have life? No. No. Well, there's, you know, we were uh, talking a few uh, uh, Wednesday nights ago. Uh, Naaman the leper, right? He came, and he's sees the uh, uh, prophet. Yeah, go down and dip yourself in the Jordan seven times. He says, aren't there other rivers? There's better rivers in Damascus. Yeah, you go dip yourself in those rivers. Nothing good's going to come of it. You dip yourself in the Jordan, your leprosy will go away. Well, that was a picture. That was a type of the exclusivity of the gospel. We discussed it at length uh, that Wednesday night. That's a, yeah, there's plenty of other names there's plenty of other gods. There's plenty of other promises. But we're told and we're assured in the book of Acts, neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Is there life in any other? No. There's only life in Christ. I can, oh, I can only think of about a bit, my, ver, my, 
when I think like this, my brain explodes and I think of all these verses. Do you do that? Neither is there salvation in any other. In Acts 4.12, we already said that, right? And this is the record that God hath given us, eternal life. And this life is in his Son. He that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son of God hath not life. And it shows again, we can look at all the different verses with the exclusivity of life in Christ. And here's just another one of the very, very many. Uh, I've called to be an apostle. It's the will of God. It's the promise of Jesus. You know, the life giver. It's the, and, and the only life giver. Uh, to Timothy. Now that's typical too. It, who's, who's it going to? To Timothy. My dearly beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, there's a word here that's very near and dear to my heart, son. I have one. He's, he's back there. You know him. Micah, he's the one, the sound guy. By the way, if you ever need a recording, these all appear online. You can download them. It doesn't cost anything. You say, I want a recording of the, this, this message. He'll give you one. He won't charge you anything because you want to give it out to a friend or something like that. I understand. It's, good. it's a good thing, okay? And so Mike is my son. He's very dear to me. I'm the only person in the whole wide world who can call him this. Son. And it's, you know, right? Oh, other people can do it, but it doesn't mean the same. Because I, I, I say that a lot of people who are younger than me. Listen here, son. And we get it, but it doesn't mean the same thing at all. We have this unique thing going on, me and my son. Even as a father-in-law, who I understand he loves very much, who loves him. Great. I don't know. I think he calls him dad, or I don't know if he calls him by his first. I don't know that. I don't know that. I, I, listen, I'm not a jealous person. If he calls, he calls, they call him and his wife, they call me Pops. <laughs> I like that. I think it's kind of cute. I, I don't know. I like, for strange reasons, I, I like that, okay? Do they call him Dad? I don't know. I don't know. Does he love his father-in-law? Yes. Should he? Yes. Should his father-in-law love him? Unless he's crazy, he should. Yes. Uh, am I jealous? No. No, because I love Mike. The more people in his life who love him, that's great. And even if he calls him dad and his father-in-law calls him son, I'm, I'm okay with that. It, but it still doesn't diminish the specialness. Hey, I'm the one who brought him in as well. I'm who raised him. I'm the one who's like, you know, when, when Father's Day comes, he, buy, he gives me a present, okay? Son is a special, unique, and daughter too, okay? But it's a special, unique, wonderful Praise God. But you know, we'll find out in, in the message here, Paul's not his natural dad. He's not his bio dad. He's his, he's his he's the son in the faith. In other words, he's the one who led him to faith in the Lord. Or he's, he's mentored him to such, a, to such a degree that he feels like a, a spiritual father. Now, if that's your physical son, it's also your spiritual son. Great! But if you have... Beyond your physical son, son or sons or daughters, because uh, it's not gender specific. If you have people who you've nurtured, you, who you've brought into the faith, and now you're pouring your life into them, because I think every Paul needs a, needs a Timothy, or every Pauline needs a Timothea, or whatever. Every, every Paul needs a, a, a Timmy. Every Pauline needs a Tammy. Okay, well, let's keep, leave it that way, okay? Well, you need that person in life that you're pouring your life into. You need that. 
that Tammy or Timmy needs a Paul or a Pauline. And to have that spirit, it's a wonderful thing. And so he's writing this letter to his, his, his spiritual son, my dearly beloved son. And you know when you lead somebody to the Lord, your heart's going to be tied to that person in a unique way. Because it, it just is. You've imparted something of yourself and something of your heart. And like I say, it's, it's very special. And he, 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 instead of just the typical grace and peace, grace, mercy, and peace, we see this in the book of Titus, and we see this in the book of 1 Timothy. You're a pastor, you're going to need grace and peace, you're going to need mercy too, and you're going to need plenty of mercy. Uh, why? Because you're going to mess up. I only need mercy when I mess up. <laughs> I don't need it all the time. Uh, when I was a jerk to Sue's, I, that never happened. Just suppose it happened for the sake of the illustration of this little teaching, okay? It's never happened, but just, let's say I was a jerk and I said, hey, listen, I'm sorry. And she's like, oh, I forgive you. That's mercy, right? And I only need it when I mess up. Do pastors mess up? Oh, my goodness, yes. What do you think? Uh, uh, Some sort of infallibility goes with the title? Not at all. It's not an exact science. We're ministering to people. And that's a, that people are, it's not one size fits all. And sometimes, you know, you're, you're harsh and you should have been more gentle. And sometimes you're gentle, you should have been more harsh. When you're yelling at somebody, you should know they're being yelled at. And that's my problem. I'm kind of gentle. I, I'm, not a, I'm not a very harsh human being. I just, I don't, I don't, I don't do harsh really well. Uh, like I say, it's not an exact science. Do, we, do I need mercy? Oh, yeah, yeah. And so he's, he's saying to his protege, his son in the faith, this, this, this pastor, he's saying, yeah, grace and peace. Oh, yeah, and mercy. You're going to need a lot of mercy. From God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. I thank God whom I served from my forefathers with pure conscience. It's a wonderful thing to have a pure conscience. It's a wonderful thing to have a pure conscience. How do you maintain a pure conscience? Well, you're going to mess up. I already said that. And what do you do? You, when, when you've wronged somebody, you write it. Hey, I'm sorry, I was really stupid of me. And they forgive you and we get on with our lives. When I've sinned against God, I'm like, you're right, you're right, Lord, that was wrong. That was self-will, that was arrogant, that was stupid, that was thoughtless, that was whatever it was, name it, claim it, own it, wear it, and ask for forgiveness. Will he forgive us? Yeah. Yeah, if God is anything, he's a forgiving God. You understand that? He forgave you before you even seek in him. He sought you. I mean, it's not like, you know, I think it's a, a hard thing because we, you know, we always think, especially if we're brought up in religious circles, we think of merit-based, like, you know, I've been a good boy and God, you owe me this or something like that. It's hard to accept God's mercy because, <laughs> frankly, we don't deserve it. It's good to have a pure conscience and maintain a pure conscience is, is call on that forgiving God to forgive you all the time. Is he keeping records of wrongs? No. First, uh, First Corinthians 13 tells us love keeps no record of wrong. So you think God would violate his own word and have this big list of all the nasty things you've done? No, not at all. So if he's not remembering my bad things. Why would I remember my bad things? 
Um, so then we can have a pure conscience. That without ceasing, I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day. And that's part of Paul's pure conscience, his remembrance of Timothy night and day in his prayers. Pray two times a day, night and day. And all the other time is yours, okay? <laughs> Just a rule of thumb to go by. Um, me and Susan are walking an hour a day because it worked. They had this challenge, you know, and stuff. So we're doing that. We're walking every day. An hour's long. It's like three and a half miles. If you keep a brisk pace, almost four miles. It's like it's getting after it. Um, and what do we do? Yeah, we visit, we talk. Pant for breath if you're me. <laughs> She's so much better shape than I am. And we pray. And we pray about you guys. I kind of go around the room in my mind and kind of work through them. We, we pray. Well, does that surprise anyone? We would do that. You'd want to pass, you'd want a leadership of this church that would pray about you, wouldn't you? There's good things happening because of prayer? I, I hope so. I, I, I don't know. You know, it's hard to link cause and effect. The blessings that are occurring in your life is because people praying for you, right? Probably, am I thinking. You're going through a hard time? Um, I'm, I think prayer is help, very helpful. I think it helps get us through. And he's praying for Timothy all the time because when you love somebody, that's what you do. And he's greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful of thy tears that I may be filled with joy. He's mindful. He wants to see him because, hey, this is it. At last the end is near. And so I face the final curtain. This is it. And I want to see the people I love. This is, this is Paul. Uh, when, what tears are we talking about? Remember when he visited with the, uh, and we looked, read in Acts, when he visited with the elders at Miletus, the elders of Ephesus? Was Timothy among them? I think so. Hey, um, remember they cried because he said, you're not going to see my face anymore? Was, was this the tears he's talking about? I don't know. Probably. Possibly. And when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, you need faith, you need unfeigned faith. Unfeigned, what does that mean? Not, not no fake, the real, the, the real McCoy, the genuine, right? When I call remembrance, the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and, and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that it is also in thee. What about your dad? No, nah, his dad was a, a heathen when he first found Timothy, but a permissive enough heathen that he let his mom and his grandma have speak Christianity into his life. First, you know, your, your grandma got saved, and then your mom got saved, and then you, you got saved. And that was the, and God wants to do that. He wants us to, you know, breathe our legacy into our children. I, I, you know, we can, when it's Mother's Day or something like that, we look at these verses and, well, if you went to a different church, <laughs> they'd look at these verses and, and draw great things from them. Like, look, this is how it works. God's given you little people in your house that you might lead them to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. When I, wherefore, I put thee in remembrance, thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting out of my hands. What's the gift? Well, I think Timothy's a preacher. He's a pastor, right? So he's got, he's got a, a flock. He's got, you know, to minister to them. Um, this, is, this is a time in... The history of the church when Christianity is not, uh, I don't know how to say it. Okay, in, this is probably about 67 AD. 
In 64 AD, Rome burned. Nero was, had much to do with that. Did he fiddle? No, probably not. That's, that part there is just, you know, wives' tale or something like, old wives' tale, something like that. But he blamed it on the Christians, and we know that, okay? And then persecution began in earnest. And it's no longer fashionable at all to be a Christian now. And only, you know, uh, you persecuted from town to town. But now the emperor and the government is against you. And the, the, the tendency is to like, oh, okay, forget it. This is hot water following this Jesus guy. I'm, I'm going back to the And many did. And many, like, because especially you don't want to identify yourself with Christ or the leaders of Christianity, like Paul. And Timothy might have been just like everybody else. Hey, I don't think I want to be crucified. I don't think I want to be stoned. I don't think I want to be imprisoned. You know, Jesus who? Forget about that. And Paul's warning him, don't do it. Don't do it. Listen, we're in a very similar situation. I don't know if you notice this or not. It's not popular to be a Christian in America in 2019 have you read facebook you post anything that's even remotely christian and a few of your church buddies will give you a like or a thumbs up or something like that and you will uh release a firestorm against yourself people will just they they lose their mind why because it's not popular to be a christian you're a hater you're small-minded you're 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 knuckle dragger you're 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 the worst thing that's ever happened in the history of humanity by following jesus christ brace for impact it's going to get worse we'll see that in chapter three this know also that in the last day perilous times shall come (laughs) it's the end days perilous times are going to come brace for impact is it going to get better no it's going to get worse and worse and worse. And then a trumpet's going to sound. And then it's, we'll be out of here. But I tell you what, the inhabitants of the earth, oh, I shudder to think. I don't know if there's going to be enough time between now and that event where I'm going to get to the book of Revelation again, where all that stuff that's going to happen is chronicled. We'll see what happens. I'm putting you in remembrance. You stir up the gift of God. Uh, you're, you're, you're calling to preach. It's in you by the laying on of my hands. Now, God imparted to Timothy when Paul, apparently the elders, the apostles, uh, they got around Timothy, they put hands on him, and they prayed. Is that the only way you can receive a spiritual gift? No, it's our way. And anyone, any time anyone wants to do it, we'll do that. I, I'm really struggling. I don't know what God's got for me. We'll call the elders. We'll pray. Will someone speak a word of prophecy? I don't know. We'll make allowance for that, of course. And this is obviously what happened to Timothy. Whether you, whether that happens to you, will we do that or not? Figure it out first or last. You live at God's pleasure. He called you to serve him. He didn't call you so you could add Jesus to your resume. He call, we're bought with a price. Have you figured that one out? And first or last, we've got to understand, okay, God, what have you got for me? I don't know that we spend a whole lot of time thinking about that. And I can think of a lot of people, it's kind of hit or miss. It's kind of like, nah, okay, if I serve them, great. If I don't, eh. And now some of you are thinking like, well, I got a ministry. It's called mom or, or grandma. Oh, listen, you've got a great ministry. 
And I'm not going to gainsay or argue that. Okay? You, you cool? Now I'm not in your face at all, right? Everyone's calm about this. Is that all God's got for you? And if it is, oh, who am I? I'm not the Holy Spirit of God. But listen, you pray. What do you want me to do in this season of my life, Lord? I got this and this and this happened. What do you want? What are you, what are you asking me to do? He's not shy. He'll get the word to you. But now there's a problem. And this is a lot, a lot of times why we don't pray. Because now we're responsible for what he said. And we kind of have our own thing a lot of times. Well, I got this and I got this. Yeah, serve God later when I get these and this and this and this. No, it never works out that way. You always have to serve God with whatever. And then he brings the, you, there's a place where you got to step out in faith. It's like, we talk about this like giving, right? I'll, I'll win the lottery, then I'll give. No, you won't. You're ridiculous. One, you're not going to win the lottery. Two, no, people never. I've seen people get a big windfall, a big, and if they're givers, the church will figure that out. They'll, they'll get their, God will get his share. But if people aren't givers, a thing like an inheritance or a windfall or a bunch of money in the lap isn't going to make them givers. It never does. I've never seen it once ever. And you, you're the, the exception. You're gonna, it's going to happen with you. Okay, whatever. And it's the same with service to the Lord. When God, when I'm waking up by angels and one unrolls and thus, is, thus saith the Lord and, and when I'm on the road to Damascus and a bright light knocks me off my horse, serve him now. What are you waiting for bright lights and angels for? He wants us to, he's called us to serve him. I think we've already established that. We're apostles by the will of God. We're, we're, we're according, our, our salvation is according to the promise of life, which is in Christ Jesus. And by the way, well, again, we're bought with a price. It's not, it's not a free, I bought you, I own you. That's the deal. We're servants of God. Have you figured it out? Am I, you mad at me because I told you that? I hope not. You, how can you tell us things like that? I, I teach the Bible. It's what I do. <laughs> and, and when you and the Bible are cross purposes, I said this before, if I'm stepping on your toes, you've got to move your toes. I'm not backing up. This is what the Scripture says. And, I'm, and if, when I stand before God, all I want him to say is, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And the faithful part is the part he supplies the goodness I've got to supply the faithful. I've got to do the things that God has actually called me to do. And one of them is teach the Word. I'm putting you in remembrance these things to stir up the gift of God, which is by the putting on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Why is Timothy not doing the gift that God's that Paul put in and putting on of him? Why isn't him? Why isn't he doing it? Is it fear? Looks like it right here. By the way, if I said anyone here ever experienced fear, and if you don't all put your hand up, you're a liar. Okay. That's all there is to it. I got a different question. Does anyone here ever think of me as fearless? Could you raise your hand? Couple, a couple. Well, I, listen, here's the deal. I have fear just like you all do. Yeah, Sue's knows. But I don't obey my fear. It comes off as fearless. I'm not, I, 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 I have fears like I'm not. I have insecurities I have this like fear that nobody likes me. No, I really do. And when I'm not included and when people like don't, uh, it's a fearful thing to be. Anyway, this, I got my anxieties. I got my fears. I got like everybody else. I just don't, I don't obey them. 
That's all we're asking. I'm not saying don't be fearful. I don't think the Bible's saying don't be fearful. I'm saying, I think it's saying this. When you get the spirit of fear on you, God has not given us the, the spirit of fear. It didn't come from God. This is, you, know, you have to know this, okay? You're thinking about the weather, thinking about what you're going to do later on. Come back. Listen to this part. This is worth the price of admission right here. That spirit of fear did not come from God. Well, where did it come from? I don't know or care. If it came from Satan, then you'd not bound and listen to Satan at all. If it came from yourself, the flesh, well, we're not, we don't live by the flesh. We, have, we live a faith walk. So you have fear. You're afraid of something. I get it. I, I, I'm not, oh, put that away. That's silly. I, no, 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 no. I don't be cavalier. I'm not laughing at your fear. I'm just saying, we're Christians. We don't obey it. It didn't come from God. We're not bound by it. So that's why I say, don't obey your fear. And it looks like courageousness. It looks like fearlessness. It's not. We're shaking in our boots as we do what God's called us to do. Hey, Tim, don't, don't punk out. Don't act like you don't know me. Don't act like you don't know Jesus. Stir up that gift that's in you by the putting on of my hands. Don't, it's not time to back down now. Yes, I know the world is turning against us, but now's the time to step out. Now's the time to stand for Jesus Christ. He's got people he wants to reach through your ministry. Don't, not, don't punk out now. Have we figured that out? Because look, at we're put, it's perilous times. And, he, and yet here we are, for such a time as this. He, you are the army of God in the perilous times. Isn't that amazing? It could have been, he, Paul could have been born and being old as me and be here instead of me. And God said, no, 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 I get you, Paul, you're a first century guy. I want you to write scripture, I want you to be in prison, I want you to eventually get beheaded. Adam, I want you for... 2019, and you. I can't, I can't, is that high-pitched thing, is that just in my head? Does anyone hear that? Good, just in my head. <laughs> Sounds like it's microphone feedback or something. Hey, God's call is for such a time as this. Figure that out. It's the end times. You know, we complain about, oh, what this, this group of politicians is doing, and we complain about the Supreme Court, and we complain about our, the, the governor uh, or the legislature of our state. Hey, 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 here we are, right in the middle of it, and God's called us to do ministry right here, right now. Isn't that exciting to you? I'm just like, I, I, don't, I don't know. I think I'm the only one getting it if I'm reading your expressions because everyone's kind of out there like, kind of like, yeah, whatever, yeah. But I know that's how it is. You guys always play your cards clo close to the vest. I know it, okay? I never see it. If, if you were up here and you watched you while I'm, you'd never do it again. You'd say, ah, they're going to drag me outside and stole me. And I understand because we're not, we're not that outgoing. I, I, I understand who we are. But, but you understand what I'm saying? This is, this is incredible times. This is the most exciting time, I think, since Jesus walked on the earth. Would you want to be his apostle? I want to be his apostle right now. This is the time. This is the incredible ministry opportunities. Not time to shrink back in fear. Oh, no, no, no. It's time to step out in faith. Uh, God hasn't given us the spirit of fear, but of power, 
love and a sound mind. Now, we can spend a lot of time talking about that. Power is power. Love is love. We know what those things mean. We're powerful, but we're not arrogant because that's, love isn't arrogant. It doesn't puff itself up. We're, 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 we have the power, the, 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 the spirit of the living God is in us. You know, the God who created everything, who spoke worlds into existence, who made you, that God lives inside of us, so we have enough power. It's not, it's not about that at all, okay? Uh, love, and it looks like love. How, let me go over this a little bit again. How do we love God? How do I best love God? By loving you. Jesus says, oh, you love me, Pete? Well, feed my sheep. How do I love you best? By loving God. It's a vicious circle. That's how it works. And if, I, if we're not expressing love, if we're not showing love, we're not serving God like we're supposed to be. If, I, if our, our, our lives come across as arrogant know-it-all, I don't think that's a benefit to anybody. You know the old saying, nobody, that people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care? Pray for somebody. Somebody's going through a tough time. I'm praying for you. Pray right out loud if they'll let you. Be bold. There's no, there's no reason not to be. Power, love, and a sound mind. How do you get an unsound mind? You listen to stupid ideas and you let them fester up in your brain. I know people who just recently have walked away from the faith. What? How did, what did you believe that made you believe that God wasn't and that he wasn't worthy to be followed or worshipped? What happened? Satan got to you. Fear got to you? I don't know. Is anyone here on that, in that place, on that trajectory right now? Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but be thou a partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. More often than not, that what makes us shrink away. We're on our Facebook or whatever too much, and our, or we're tweeting or whatever, and we're listening to all the voices. And it's a fearful thing. You're all wrong, and we're right, by the way. And there's a lot of them, and there's only a few of us. And it makes us want to be fearful, and so we draw back. Why? Because the persecution's very real. Make your decision. Cast your lot in with Jesus Christ. Hey, look at There's billions of them, okay? Billions. I'm not arrogant. We're right according to the Bible, the Word of God. There's no neutral in this. I'm going to be right for eternity. You're going to be right for eternity. And because people are barking at you and calling you a hater and saying these, all these unpleasant things about you, the tendency is to draw back. Hey, 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 Tim, don't be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. It would have been hard in the first century to be a Christian. Yeah, I, I'm following the homeless guy. I'm worshiping that guy who was crucified. Do you know what a scandal that was, both to the minds of Jews and to the minds of, wait, your king is, was what, crucified? 
And I'm supposed to fall? Yeah, but he rose from the dead. Well, he was crucified, right? And to the Jews, a special curse from God is the one who hangs on a tree. And I'm supposed to believe in it? You, you have to believe in him. And it would be a hard thing to take that position. Well, I've got to tell you something. It's never an easy thing. Show me the time in history when it's an easy thing to be a Christian. It's never. We always have to t- make that choice. We always have to look at that. And, and if we're going to be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, don't do that. Jesus said, if you're ashamed of me before men, and we know the rest of it. No, no. Be bold as butter. Stand for Jesus. Because you're right. And you're right eternally where it counts. Listen, you'll be a rock star in heaven. You're going to heaven. They're going to all shout your name like Norm at Cheers. Some of you know that. You're going to walk through the gates and they're going to be, yeah! And they all know you. And they're going to say, yeah, he never denied the faith. He was like, here, nobody's cheering you. Except a few us oddballs. There, you're going to be, they, they, it's, it's all different there. They can say, yeah, I never denied the faith. Oh, man, he was like up against it. She was, her family turned from her. All her friends turned from her. And she kept telling them the deal time after time. Don't be ashamed of uh, our Lord. Don't be ashamed of Paul. A lot of us are ashamed of Paul these days. I suffer not a woman to teach nor to usurp authority over the man. Oh, my goodness, let's go on to the next verse. That's shameful. Paul, the misogynist. Oh, no, 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 no. This is the word of God. Paul's right. Don't be ashamed of the Lord. Don't be ashamed of, and he goes on to say, don't be ashamed of me. Don't, don't, don't be ashamed of Paul. You know, it's amazing to me, a lot of Christians don't like Paul. <laughs> How do you not like the guy who wrote like half the New Testament? 13 books, maybe 14 books. How do you like that? Uh, there's, there's people who are like Messianic Jews, and they're trying to get us back in Torah. And they don't like Paul, because Paul speaks against those things all the time. So I'm a Christian, I love Jesus, but I don't like Paul. <laughs> don't be ashamed of the testimony of Jesus Christ. Don't be ashamed of Paul, his prisoner. But be thou partakers of the afflictions. And that's why often we're afraid, we're ashamed, because we don't want to be a partaker of the affliction. Make up your mind right now, I'm serving you, Lord, and I don't care if it means death. I, it's going to mean death to certain relations, but it's going to mean death to self, because we're not all about self anymore. We're picking up our cross and following him. And, and cross is an instrument of death, death to self. Okay, don't be, according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling. Why aren't we ashamed? Because God called us to the salvation. It's a holy calling. It's not according to works, because you're such a good guy, God saved you. <laughs> That's ridiculous. You were a louse like me. You were a filthy, despicable, wicked human being. Am I, am I stepping on your toes again? Hey, 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 I know, I know the score. You ain't, you're ridiculous like I'm ridiculous. You're a sinner. Like, remember what we're reading in Psalms? There's no righteous, no, not one. I didn't plan that, by the way. Holy Spirit of God, I think. You're, you're as every bit as unrighteous and wicked as me. Amen. And God saved us. Isn't God's love, it's scandalous. It's ridiculous. He loved, you know, he loves you. That's, that's ridiculous. Because he, he shouldn't. I'll tell you something even more ridiculous. He loves me. Go and figure. Hey, I can't be ashamed of him. He never did anything wrong 
of me instead of save me. Set my trajectory to like, hey, I'm, I'm going to adopt you into my forever family. You're my son forever. I love you. I, I, I hung on a cross. To, I poured out my life into the dirt to save you. I never did anything wrong. That was for you. And now I'm going to show up and be ashamed of him? No. 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 You've got to figure it out first to last. He saved us. He called us with a holy calling. It's not according to our works, because if it was according to our works, we'd all be going to hell, but according to his own purpose and grace. Why did he save us? I don't know. It's his own purpose. And it, had grace was, because I didn't merit it, but he was gracious to me anyway. He blessed me, although I, did, I deserved the opposite. I deserved judgment, and he gave me love. I deserve damnation, and he gave me mercy. Who can, who can figure these things out? But that's what salvation is all about. It's according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. I made mention of this earlier. Listen, this goes back to before time. Before the world began, you, you weren't. It was thousands of years ago at least. Billions if you believe the Big Bang people, right? Long time ago, either way, we'll say it that way, Right? Before there was a world, there was God, and in his mind, there was you. And there, was there a list, of some readout somewhere, some ancient computer? I don't know how it works, right? But there's, he's going down this list, and he looks at your name, check, salvation. How does that work? I don't know. The Bible's pretty clear about it. I was in Christ before the world began. Because, thank you, Jesus. Because I was such a good guy? No. (laughs) No. He chose you because he chose you. That's a great thing. I don't have to understand it all. I know this. He chose us before the foundation of the world. Just to me. And so, did, did he make a mistake? No. No, he made a son or a daughter out of... God calls things that are not as though they were. But according to his own purpose and grace, which was given in Christ Jesus before the world began, but is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ. Made obvious, made plain, uh, this salvation. It's made... it, It was in the mind of God, but now it's open and available and understood by everyone. It's made manifest by what? The appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death and brought life and immortality light through the gospel. Do you know any other Savior who abolishes death? Follow him if there's another one. And by the way, you're, you're obliged to tell us all about this wonderful Savior who overcomes death. Jesus does, but I never heard of another one who even claims to, okay? Uh, he's abolished death, and he's brought life. What kind of life? Abundant life, immortal life. He's brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. By the way, that works in every venue of your life. Any of you guys have been sick and think you were going to die, and now, but you're not? Did anyone ever have a relationship that was... The trajectory, the, 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 it, was, it was trending towards death, divorce, this relationship's over, it's all done, but you still have it now? Why? God breathed life into it. He's the one who breathes life into the dead. He, he just does it. He just, 
Uh, he's abolished death and he's brought life and immortality life through the gospel. So he's given you eternal life. You say, well, I'm going to die still physically. Yeah, but who wants to live this world with this body forever anyway? The important life, the eternal life with him forever is the one he's promised us. I, um, I look more and more to that all the time as this old bag of bones gets old. Next birthday's six zero. Ouch. I never was weird about birthdays, you know, and all of a sudden I'm going to turn 60 and I'm like, I'm getting a little weird about it. I'm kind of like, I'll probably join a club, buy a sports car, get hair transplants or something. You say, you don't need them. I just get them anyway. Just in, I just, but I'm looking forward to that, that life, the important one with the resurrected body around the throne with God forever. And that's the promise, life and immortality. Whereunto I am appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles. And Paul is. And he's encouraging Timothy, and so are you. And through that, he's encouraging all of us, and so are you. Who better? Who else? I mean, think about it. You, you, you waiting for uh, Oprah to start preaching the gospel? Or Dr. Phil? Or <coughs> AOC? Gospel preacher? Or the president? Who better? Any of you guys here? Am I the only one? Any of you guys saved by Jesus Christ? Anyone here at all? Who better to share the gospel with than you? I mean, we're, we're called capable preachers of the, of the gospel in the New Testament. We're called that. And of course we are. Who better? Yeah, it was. And look it. It's, it's easy. I was going to hell. I was this idiot. And I was rebellious against God. And he saved me and made me his own through what Jesus Christ did on the cross. Did I cover all the bases? Did I tick all the boxes? It's pretty much that easy. Tell people your story. It's powerful. It really, really is. You can make it more dramatic. Look at, we're all the same, okay? I was a sinner. I was, going to, I was going to hell, and Jesus saved me. The rest is just details. But they're interesting enough details, and people will, because I always say, you know, uh, you know, back when I was a young man, and I was, uh, I was in the Marine Corps, and all the Marines, like, sit up and pay. I've seen it a thousand times, because your details are important to some, and your story is dramatic. Share it. Nobody can gainsay it. You were there. Oh, it was all in your head. Yeah, whatever. He saved us, and he's appointed us. I'm appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles, and figure it all out, and so will we. For this cause also I suffer these things. I'm in prison. I'm going to die because of the gospel uh, uh, is he suffering? Oh, tremendously at this time. For, for the which cause, I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, this, the word ashamed here is a, a lot of times in this, I think it's like 25 times in second, it, all the time. Hey, don't you be ashamed. Don't be ashamed of this. Don't, don't do this. Hey, I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed, for I know in whom I have believed and am persuaded he's able to keep that which I have committed to him against that day. We talk about, people talk about, can you lose your salvation? I've got to tell you this. I know who I've believed in. I'm persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. Now, if it's up to my behavior... I am sweating bullets. 
oh, if it's up to him, I'm persuaded that he's able. I can't think of a God who, at the end of it all, says, oh, I let Adam slip through my fingers. Oh, I messed up. I want to stay saved. Is he able to keep me? Yes. Am I able to keep myself? Good luck. Because, you know, I've heard people preach that, and there's always a big long finger and a point, and you've got to do this, and you've got to do this, and you've got to do this. Oh, forget it. I, I, I know the, this wandering sheep. I, I know all about me. I'm not capable of keeping myself. If there's a hole in the fence, a way to get out, I'll find it and exploit it, and I'll be gone. But he is able to keep. I trusted in him for salvation. February 14th, 1980. I've been trusting him every day. Do I trust myself? Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. No, I know, I, know, I know who I am, but I know who I believed in. He's awesome. You think Satan's going to come in and, all right, I'm Satan now. Hand him over, Lord. And Jesus is like, oh, 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 here you go. That's blasphemy. To think that our Lord, the creator of everything, is like not a match for Satan? Are you really nerved up about Satan in your life? Oh, be, be sober-minded. He is a roaring lion. He is trying to devour you. Make no mistake about that. But let me tell you something about Jesus. He's the good shepherd. Wolves don't just come in and take his, out of his flock. You know, you know how it is? He's like David, right, is a, is a, is a Christ type, Right? Do you remember when reading about him? We studied about him in, in uh, the book of Samuel, First and Second Samuel. Remember reading about David? A lion came and took one of his lambs away, and he went and he killed the lion. A bear came and took one of his little lambs away. He went and he smote the, smote the bear. He grabbed the lion by the beard and, and killed it. Did he have a sword? No, I think he had a staff. That's a picture of Jesus. Don't you understand? We have, there is a line. There is a roaring line. He's trying to devour. Is he going to get at you? Oh, my goodness. Hey, don't you know in whom you've believed? Aren't you persuaded that he's able to keep that which you've committed unto him against that day? What have you committed unto him? Our eternal life, our, our, our everything. Our, stuff doesn't happen to me that God's like, oh, I didn't know. I was looking the other way. Satan, get in. I, oh, boy, oy vey, what am I going to do? Is that, is that your God? Because it's not my God. My God, he never slumbers. He never sleeps. He, he thinks about me. You'd almost think it was obsession. His, his thoughts towards you, towards me, are more than the sand by the sea. He never doesn't think about you. Your tears, he collects in a bottle. You don't think he, he's, he's, I'd say obsessed if I, if I thought I could get away with it. Because it, it almost sounds like a, a slur or a slap. He's, he's not obsessed, but he's, 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 ever mindful, he's ever watchful, he's not likely to, he died to save you. You think he's going to let you just slip through his fingers? Really? They're in my father's hand, Jesus says, and they're in my hands, two hands. No one's able to get him out of there. Well, you can hop right out. Okay, <laughs> well, I don't know what verse you're talking about, but I got to tell you, I, you want verses, I, I got one, I'm persuaded. I'm not ashamed of this gospel. Saved today, then I sin, now I'm out again. Then I ask forgiveness, now I'm back in. I'm born again again. Then I sin again, now I'm out. Didn't he pay the penalty for that sin? Yeah, he did. But now I'm out again. 
Now I repent, now I'm back in, in, out, in, out. It's a wonderful gospel. I used to be saved, well, not right now, but I'm going to repent, I'll get saved again. And by the way, you should have this gospel too. It's wonderful, kind of, conditional, I don't know. He didn't give us conditional life, he gave us eternal life. Hey, listen, this is a, this is a reason to celebrate his great goodness. Did he change his mind about you? He thinks, oh, I got a lemon. No, before the foundation of the world, he knew what he was getting when he saved me. And there's much scripture about him looking and saying, and he shall, it talks about how God is pleasant with his salvation. He will sing over us with joy. Think about Jesus on the mic, you know, you got Gabriel playing bass. No, I guess he's like got a trumpet or so. I don't know. He'd be like Louis Armstrong. It'd be good. And there's a whole this heavenly choir of angels and everything, and God, Jesus Christ, singing over you in praise. Hey, I know who I've believed in. That's all I got. I'm a minute over. I'm sorry. We'll stand. We'll go out of here in song. Let's stand, let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this amazing salvation and that you've called us for such a time as this. Help us all to enlist. Uh, If we've been derelict of our duties, now's the time to come back, Lord. Help us to make this in our mind uh, a time where we determined we weren't going to be ashamed i know there's a cacophony of voices lord but your voice is the clearest and you've called us to faithfulness now the lord bless thee and keep thee the lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee the lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace amen It is our desire to get God's Word out to all, so our podcasts and everything else downloaded from our website is free. But we do have expenses, and if you feel led to give a dollar for this resource, please go ahead and click the Give tab on our website at plowboyministries.org. Grace and peace. And everything I want out dear I count it all as lost Lead me to the cross where you love